Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain. Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Player. It's just like a story chest of ideas. Toe Jam. Either version. I love both versions. Other special guests. Hi, this is Larry Grant, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hi, this is Ricky Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is St. Paul Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. This is part two of our official, unofficial, artificial age album review. We're back again at this virtual roundtable to continue our in-depth discussion, analysis, and all that good stuff about the second half, really, of the artificial age (coughs) album. So hopefully everyone who's listening at the moment has already heard our first installment of our Artificial Age album review. This is part two that you're listening to now. So if by some random mistake you've started with this episode, you need to go all the way back to part one. Unless you really like the second half of this album better. Well, you could also do that. You could do it back to (laughs) It's up to you. There are no rules on Peach and Black outside of the truth. (laughs) The truth. (laughs) pure honesty that's all we ask for and respect and with that everyone is already here and ready to go into track number seven which is entitled this could be us And to lead this song review off, I am going to hand it over to Player. Okay, I wasn't feeling this um, when the pre-album leak, when it first came out, um, of the last one minute of the song. But when I heard it here in its entirety, I thought it was all right, surprisingly, because I was gearing up to be disappointed on this one. When the beat drops in at the 22nd mark or so, to me it sounds like a variation of Zap's Computer Love. Sounds very similar, only momentarily, but when you hear the link between the two, you'll pick it up. Josh Wilton, that's your cue for a remix, brother. Uh, As soon as I heard this one and the line, you know you want me like a new pair of shoes, I just cracked up. There's only one way of getting a woman's attention above everything else, and that brother just went for the jugular. There's nice elements on this that keeps it sexy. The guitar he's playing on here is almost like he's channeling uh, Wawa Watson in parts. Really cool if you're paying attention to it. It's not my favorite track on the album, but on the other hand, it's not that bad either, and it was better than what I expected. All right, very cool. Uh, Captain, what are your thoughts on this? Okay, then. After the breakdown, this is really the only other ballad or semi-ballad. First time I heard this at the start, he asks, are you ready? And straight away I said no. And then he says, no, you ain't ready. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I just said I wasn't ready. (laughs) Why is he so argumentative? What is his problem? I don't know. But out of all the tracks on this album, I think this is the only one I'm sort of sitting on the fence. I think it's an okay track. There's some nice backing vocals and you've got that little... 
percussion all the way through it, which sounds like something straight out of something off Purple Rain, Beautiful Ones or something. But it also suffers from the dock, dock, dock sounds, which is in a bunch of tracks on this album. And on this one, it goes dock, 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 dock. And it's just so annoying. <laughs> uh, the breakdown sounds all right. The breakdown in this song, not the track, at 354. Uh, and then 4.34, there's a nice little cool guitar solo. And then when it ends, it ends similar to Artificial Cage. Now it like, slows down and deep voices and everything. That's cool. But let me tell you the, the worst thing in this entire song for me. And surprise, it's about one of the lyrics. It has the worst lyric ever. I just hate it. <clears throat> like a cage to my dove. Am I the only one who hates that lyric? Why? Why do you hate it? Because, oh, just think about it. It doesn't really make much sense, I agree. Well, you know, this sort of thing, it's like, you know, a hand in a glove. It's about, you know, things that are meant to be together. So in his brain, a dove should be locked up in a cage. (laughs) You know, and all his talk about, you know, don't eat lambs and cows and vegetarian, vegan, but doves, screw them, they can stay in a cage forever. I hate this lyric. It's just horrible. It, it just pretty much ruins the song for me. It didn't ruin it for me until you just pointed that out. Yes, yeah, same. Who says Captain? Ne- who says Captain never says anything constructive or interesting? Exactly. I've just ruined this song for everyone. But it's oh, I hate it. Oh, it's, it's right. awful. Facebook will be going off the charts now. Oh yeah, come on, let's go. The other lyric, which I. It's not as bad as the Dove one, but it's still not something that my ears like to hear, is that line, sex with me ain't enough, but that's why we've got to do it metaphysically. No thanks, I don't need to hear that. (laughs) And I will never play this song in front of anyone ever because of that. But overall, it's okay, but it has its faults for me anyway. The end. He's really into doing that metaphysically. Talks about a lot on this album. Well, that's the way you have to have sex in this artificial age, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what else are you going to do? <laughs> well, at the tail end of your, your, your comments, Captain, I was going to talk a little bit about the music, which I'll continue to do and not really go into the lyrics. But I have to just say that everything you said about the lyrics, I've never given any thought to. It never crossed my mind. See, now, see that's weird. Mm. Because I don't usually listen to lyrics. Mm. You guys do. I know. You know, when I do listen, I pick up things like that. It's odd. <laughs> it's very, very odd. I don't know why I didn't pick up the lyrics. Maybe like because... Like a cage to my dove. Oh, groan. It's just horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll let that one go. I need to have more of a think about what you've just said. Because it's... Um, again, I, I didn't think of it in, in, immediately. I will say that, musically speaking, this is a cool modern uh, R&B ballad. He's in fine voice throughout this song. Uh, His singing's great. It's a mature, grown folk song. A nice and effective lyrical delivery. But uh, as to Captain's point, I'm going to have to think about the lyrical content a little more before I talk about it. Really, this is a great arrangement as well. I mean, the background harmonies really, they they float along nicely, and the song is dream-esque to me. And also, it's also tongue-in-cheek. You know, the line about you want me like a new pair of shoes, I think, is quite funny, and it makes the song more playful than than a lot of R&B music nowadays. So that's kind of cool. The guitar towards the end rounds it out nicely. And this is interesting because normally when he comes out with it with ballads, especially in the last, let's say, five to ten years, I've always been able to compare them directly to other ballads that he's done. But this one actually does sound relatively fresh, I have to say. Like, I can't say this could be us sounds particularly similar to to his ordinary ballads. Like, yes, the, the classic trademarks are there from his vocals to his guitar playing to... 
that stuff. <laughs> but it's it's a little it's different enough in execution for me to think, oh, this is kind of fresh, fresh sounding. The only thing I will say is if I have to make any comparison, it does sound similar to the two ballads in the middle of the Minneapolis sound record. Uh, I think they're entitled You're Gonna See Me and Here from Memory. Those are the two songs which I, I enjoy. I enjoy both of those two songs of Minneapolis Sound. That reminds me a little bit of this track, but I think this one's better than, possibly better than both put together. So, uh, yeah, cool little ditty. Toe Jam. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this song. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I like it. It's good, but it's very skippable for me. I think it sounds like Emancipation. <clears throat> it sounds like it's straight production off. Wise, production yeah, production wise. Yeah, production wise. And, and that whole ballad thing with the falsetto and clear vocals it's it's like he's trying to hark back to that emancipation sound i kind of feel like captain in that it's kind of a weird song to listen to because i don't feel a connection to it because i don't want a new pair of shoes so when he says like you know, <laughs> and i had the same thing as captain said he says, are you ready i've said skip no you know <laughs> no but, i'm not i better skip this <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, are you ready skip, i think it's for the later. women i think it's for the women that yeah, exactly. so, so we, we don't we don't identify with it yeah exactly it's a bit sort of listening in on a conversation rather than feeling a connection to it so there's some interesting stuff going on in the background throughout. There's a weird bass sound going doo 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 all the way through. There's a little marimba that goes off. And it's got that lead line hook that when I first heard it on the CD, I thought he was going to do the Close Encounters theme. You know, it starts with the same three notes. So I don't know if that's intentional or not. Probably not. Something I picked up on at 302, the guitar's quote Shaka Khan and Rufus's sweet thing so have a listen out for that just that little rhythm they only play it for like two seconds but it's there I also think the song goes a little bit too long five minutes of the same sort of groove and I think it should have finished at 419 419 it sort of finishes and then it goes on again it's like oh and the last bit is just a little guitar solo and just constantly singing this could be us this could be us this could be us I'm like oh I'm done with it by that point nice little honky-tonk piano sound running through it I think the backing vocals are probably the the highlight, just listening to the way the backing vocals play off and play around the lead vocal. So that's always good to listen to. So there's interesting things in in there to listen to, but I find it pretty skippable, this one. All right, fanboat player. This could be us ranked eighth on the scale of songs on this album. Let's see, for Love, it ranked uh, 39.15% and like 36.79%. So pretty flat all around. The hate box only got ticked 1.42. So people seem to like this song, but it's not like up there as the top ones. Okay, okay, cool. Track number eight, What It Feels Like. This is what it feels like. This is what it feels like, baby. I just really want to say something before I open it up to the floor. When we did our first impressions of this album a little while back, I said that this was the point in the album where the sequencing started to take a downhill slide for me. Yes, you did. And I pulled you up on it. You pulled me up on it. And I'm not going to do a 180, but I will say that whoever pulled me up on it, whether it was just Tojem or whether it was the whole group, I've changed my tune a little bit. The sequencing doesn't actually go wrong here. (laughs) I'm going to comment a little bit more about the sequencing a little later in this album, but this is actually not the point, in my opinion, where things take a dip. In fact, I've kind of started to have a bit of a soft spot for this song, and I find the groove really cool, and really for me, I'd be really keen to hear what you guys think, because 
because I'm the one that's not slammed this song when it first came out, but I said this is really not nothing special. And from memory, I said something like, I wouldn't mind if it wasn't on the album, like, you know, this and another song could go and it would be perfect. The album would be perfect without them. Well, now I've changed my tune and I'm saying it makes sense to be on the album. It's an R&B album. It introduces Andy Arlo. There's a bit of sexy interplay between Andy and Prince the first time it happens on this album. And although the bass line is a bit too rubbery Emancipation era sounding, I think everything else in the song is, is really well done. Great use of space and also the, I guess the feel of the track is kind of cool. Like you have it on in the background and it gets your head bobbing. So I like this song too, just like This Could Be Us, what it feels like is a solid R&B groove, and I'm kind of digging it, surprisingly. So, uh, Captain, what do you think about this one? Uh, it feels like another bland R&B track to me. I could easily not have this on the album. It's just this boring beat, you know, four notes on a keyboard and a little guitar strum here and there. You said this is Andy singing on this? Yes. Oh, really? I don't like the sound of her voice on this track. I didn't mind her at all on her album, but on this track, I just don't like it that much. I don't know why. You know, just like MC doesn't like Hannah's voice that much, I don't like this one. But I didn't know it was Andy. So it's Andy Ella. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this song, it's there's just nothing there. And do we really need another reference to muffins? I mean, come on. How many songs does he sing about the muffins? Mm. Muffins and hotcakes. Next thing, he's going to be putting out a bloody cookbook. <laughs> I don't need to hear about muffins and hotcakes. And, and then he sing Breakfast Can Wait. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's hungry. Have you yeah. seen how skinny he is? He's hungry. <laughs> yeah. oh. Eat up. a good muffin. <laughs> Peach and Black should throw Prince a cookout. Like, put he, a couple of some, steaks on needs, the barbie. He needs some butter on his muffin. Oh. <laughs> I've said this about a few other tracks, but the most interesting part of this song is the outro. The last, like, 15 seconds of this song I actually like. Anyway, yeah, for me, overall, it's a pretty disappointing track. I could easily not have this on the album. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Captain, just after my review of the song, because even though I, I stand by my review, I can also see your point which is the, the very reason why when we did our first impressions, I was lining up with what you've just said. So even though I kind of dig the song now, I can see how there's really not a lot to it and how some people could listen to this and think, you know what, this is kind of... Weak. Well, yeah, there's not a lot to the song and it either moves you and grooves you or it doesn't. So yeah, I could perfectly understand people not... Fi- it's called what it feels like, but I could understand people not, not feeling it, not feeling it, not knowing what it feels like. Makes perfect sense. Toe Jam. I love this song. I think it's great. Uh, I think it's one of my favorites on the album. Oh. I think it's cool. Oh. Uh, I really liked it. They streamed it, and I really liked it then. I've always liked it since, and I was always hoping. I hope the full version of that comes out because it only went for like two minutes or something. Uh, so now here it is, the full version in proper CD quality. All right, so for me, it's about the mood. It's it's sort of come on part two. It's the same sort of theme has come on, same sort of groove has come on, the, the same sort of tempo, the sort of going back and forth between two chords and things. The production sounds similar to North Carolina, the song that Shelby J put out, produced by Prince, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were sort of recorded around the same time. Uh, similar kind of drum sounds and bass sounds. It's the sequel to... When Stars Collide, off Andy Allo's album, because there's a few references in that song about what it feels like. Uh, this is what it feels like when stars collide. And that song's like a positive song, but this one's like the negative. This is what it feels like when things don't turn out too well. So I love that they're sort of brother and sister songs, one's happy and one's sad. 
Uh, you got some biblical references in there about David and Saul again. He can't help himself there. Um, <laughs> but I just love the sound of the thing. It's like this weird electronic thing. It's got this, I've called it a neon synth. Just this neon synth on Beats 1. Just do, do. And there's like a nice little vibrato on it. Duh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just at the end of each one. I love the electric guitar and the left and right speakers. Very similar to Illusion Comb of Pimp and Circumstance. That sort of really clean, sharp guitars playing these little answers to parts of the song. Everything seems it's in, it's in slow motion. Like the beat's in slow motion and the vocals are in slow motion. It's cool. It reminds me a little bit of Weekend Funk, and which is a song that Andy and Prince recorded as an acoustic version a couple of years ago and put out there. So it's sort of like it's all sort of that same. There's all these little references to all the stuff that was going on at that time. The second and third choruses, the, the, that synth sound goes down an octave lower. Just, you know, it's like everything's getting lower and slower. Uh, almost like Howl in 2001 where, you know, Daisy, Daisy. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, and you've got the muffin reference, obviously. And there's a line in the song about the art of seduction. And I thought, yeah, that, that sums up this song. It's like it's the art of this, this is what Prince's music is like, you know. Uh, it's got those flute sounds that he's been using since musicology, that synth flute sounds where he doubles them up. Very common. If you listen to our reviews of albums post-musicology, I'm always bringing up those flute sounds. And I like the way the last minute just hangs. It doesn't do anything. It just stays on that groove for like a minute and doesn't change, which is weird because in the last song I said I didn't like the way it did that. But this one, I think it works because it's it sort of, that's the mood of the song. It's just this not quite depressive, but just this sort of like, hmm, what's going on with my life? That kind of mood. And it finishes, I love the way it ends as well, with the synth just sort of faintly in the background doing all this noodling, and it's very reminiscent of Condition of the Heart, which is, again, is a similar sort of theme song. That's, um, the, that's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, I, knew, I, knew that, I knew there was another song that finished with a similar thing like that. So I think it's a cool song. And I've got one little example, which is similar to what I did on Come On. The whole thing is basically just two chords, well, three, I guess, uh, a B minor going down to an F sharp minor. But he just hangs everything. Everything's like this suspended version of a chord, so it just sounds really airy and spacey. So you've got the bass. He could have just done something like this. I'll play the what he could have done. Which is cool enough as it is. So the way Prince mucks around with that sort of thing is he keeps the bass on the same one. So that doesn't change. But the chord changes. Just one note of the suspended thing changes. And it just changes between the two chords. So what he has is... So it's just one note changing. And then he's got the acoustic guitar putting the the extra on top of it so i don't have enough fingers to play all of that but when you put it all together it's just this big massive sus sound with only one note that changes but then the vocals as well you know imply the two chord changes even though it's only one note out of the whole thing so and then the, the final chord on it he does something similar to come on where he finishes <clears throat> with this really discordant chord so it's like discordant chord at the end there <laughs> playing like a d minor but then he's got an f sharp in the bass so it's crazy crazy stuff it's crazy <laughs> it's What's kind he of cool he's it's... crazy <laughs> 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 the loony world of friends in artificial age but it's it... similar to come on you know come on has that same sort of thing it's yeah. this really weird discordant chord at the end of the phrase it's nice to hear you play that discordant version because uh or the discordant demonstration because it's kind of unresolved the way mm. the song finishes like throughout the whole song it's like a tug of war you know this is what it feels like when when a boy and girl don't get to play and 
this story of the the trials and tribulations of a relationship and then what you've just demonstrated toe jam from a musical aspect one one way you could read it this this is what i get out of it's kind of like it just doesn't finish so it's up to the audience it's almost like you, you know you watch the movie and the movie doesn't quite give you the ending yeah exactly and you've got to then decide well you know how does it end kind of thing so that's that's kind of that's kind of nifty yeah to me it's like these two people they're they're at this point in their relationship where it's like they know it's not going to last but it's like they don't know how to finish i don't know it's weird Hmm. very interesting you know this awkward moment where it's like you know things aren't happening but yeah i can't explain yeah i get that that kind of feeling on this show on a regular basis but (laughs) (laughs) no no look uh yeah that that was awesome player what do you think about that and about the uh, musical demonstrations has has it got you feeling the grooves yeah i like this track but i know what you were saying before that there's a lot of people out there that aren't feeling this track which i can see as to why because there's not that much going on but that's why i kind of like it it's laid back and chilled the beat is nice and hypnotic the synth bass is deep and growling as Tojem just demonstrated the acoustic guitar like i've mentioned previously really nice accents coupled with the regular electric guitar ndl's voice mc as you've mentioned before the timbre of it is really mesmerizing and complements prince's voice really well the this is what it feels like refrain of course is also appears in the when stars collide by andy allo and it's most likely this track was recorded around the same time as the superconductor <clears throat> sessions like i said i like it it's a nice addition to the album as far as the fan vote goes though this rated 11th which if you not include the affirmation tracks this is like out of the songs the last voted last only 21% love this track and 42 like it and 30% are neutral. So people are kind of like sitting on the fence on this one. So it's not good, it's not bad, but it's not like one of the standout tracks on here, according to fans. But maybe after our review, people might start to appreciate it a bit more. Something else we should mention, the lyric, what it feels like, is first time you see that title, it brings back memories of Doves Cry. You know, this is what it feels like when Doves Cry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a bit of a prince, again, a hmm. princely reference to himself. Interesting, because he mentions, you know, you're, you're the cage to my dove in the song prior to this, then uh, a reference to when Doves Cry, potentially, a distant one in this song. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting. And then you've got Purple Rain vinyls on the on the cover art. Mm. So I'm sure those, those Subtle things... Subtle references. Are, yeah, kind of cool. And with that, we go into Affirmation 1 and 2, which acts as a kind of segue and introduction to the song that follows it. We'll just start off with some simple affirmations that will be automatically induced into your memory temple, which you can upload onto a hard drive and review at your desire. Just a quick discussion about, or, t- you know, conversation about that. A- any thoughts? As soon as I hear this track with Liana's voice and the harps, I'm probably showing my age here, but I think of the little golden books I used to read as a kid. You know, you know when it's time to turn the page, when you hear the chimes play like this. You know, you know that? It sounds like that. <laughs> and Liana La Havis is credited as Charlotte Ann Telepathy. So is it supposed to be read as charlatan telepathy? Is it another interesting play on words again, like, you know, artificial age? Once it's sort of think about. The inclusion of this segue is kind of necessary for the setup of the next track and the album's conclusion. I agree with Tojen that there's no such thing as me or mine. Affirmation kind of contradicts the end in Affirmation 3, but we'll get to that. All right. Anyone else got any thoughts on uh, on this? I agree with everything Player said, and it's very reminiscent of the Rainbow Children with this, you know, the systematic controlling of the class and all this hmm. kind of thing. It's a nice intro to the next song. I don't have a I don't have a problem with it, but it's not really all that necessary, I guess. I'll just briefly add to that by saying that there seems to be a theme throughout this album that I haven't 
completely picked up on yet, although some of the comments that you guys have made have got me thinking more more deeply as to some of the thematic content within it. But I will say that the affirmation or the affirmations have to be linked to something. Yeah, there's, there's certainly something about these affirmations that has me thinking they're probably inspired by a piece of work, either an artwork or a piece of work, most likely a piece of literature. I'd just love to know what he was reading and what Leanne with Lahavas was reading with him the day they recorded this. I think I said this in the last preview show, but it's very sci-fi and it's that, you know, there's a lot of science fiction movies that have that kind of theme. Like even The Matrix to a point, like this idea that there's like something else out there and that you're the person on this planet that needs to escape and this kind of thing and come to the realization, you know. Yeah, so more more food for thought there. Let, let's see if we can uh, ever this, decipher the yeah, code. I'll get this, I'll get a bit more into that in the next track. This track is just awful. <laughs> well, it's all. not it's not really even a. I mean, it's not a, we all, oh. we all know it's not a song, but it's yeah. It's, I just it's can't a part stand it. <laughs> it, it. If you ever want to pick a track for a most skippable track, this is the one. Hmm. In the last well, in the last ten years, this is it. What about this? What about between this and Wedding Feast, Captain? Oh, I would much rather hear Wedding Feast than this. <laughs> this whole track reminds me my biggest pet hate on this album, and it's this talking woman. This track's only saving grace is that it actually is a separate track, and I can just skip it, which <laughs> I always do. But all the other times she turns up, it's like in the middle of a song, or at the start of a song, or at the end of a song. Don't ruin all the other songs on the album just to make it, you know, the concept album. All her talking parts could have been separate tracks, and if you want to listen to the whole album, you can do that. If you don't want to hear this, you don't have to. You could just skip those tracks. Interesting. But there's more. But there's more. <laughs> I, get, I get the whole thing that this is a concept album. That's fine. But this album is going to suffer the, the same fate. Actually, no, this album will suffer a worse fate than an album like The Gold Experience and Symbol Album a little bit. At least on those albums, you can skip the annoying the phone calls and the, the NPG interludes. But here, instead of keeping her on separate tracks and you could just skip them, she's all over a bunch of songs and just ruining them with her babbling. And it's not just at the start, which even if it was just at the start of a song, you could cut it out. But she even talks like into the start of the song and the lyrics. It's extremely annoying. And she... Oh, this woman, I'm, this, woman I'm actually, has, this woman has ruined this album for me. Oh man, no, I am I am no, way, way no, I am no way. yeah. I think you're rah, going a bit rah, overboard. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> I'm way I'm way up like not polar opposite, but certainly have That's, have a different yeah. opinion. She, she she ruined a oh, bunch of tracks on this album. No, that's, no way. That's, that's if all the bland R and B tracks didn't already do it. Oh wow. Yeah, now, no now, way. now 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 things are getting heated. Yeah, there's, there's no chance. I think, in, if anything, this whole to Jam's point about sci-fi, this is very futuristic and uh, a very futuristic and sci-fi inspired album uh, on a number of counts. And and her spoken word parts, I think, only add to that, not detract to it. In fact, they they are some of the key reasons why I would think of this as a concept album. Her interludes, from her interluding clouds to the affirmations to any other contributions by some of the other vocalists certainly make this a more interesting work than just a collection of songs. But hey, maybe that's just me. If I want sci-fi, I'll go and watch Star Trek. Yeah, but if, this is... If I, if I want to listen to songs and listen to music, I'll listen to an album. Yeah, well, but you got... I don't want you, both mixed together got... in some weird future combination. And and I think that's why, Captain, this is probably not the album for you. It's probably not. <laughs> you've, you've only got another 30 albums to choose from, as far as Prince is concerned. 
or his discography. The fan vote was um, 13th, oh, which is dead last, but not, not considering yeah, that it's a segue of sorts... You would expect that. Oh, yeah. so everyone agrees with me then? No, no, I disagree. This is the that worst is, track no. on the album. No, in, in terms of percentages, it was 36% neutral. So a lot of people were just on the fence, and that's pretty standard because, you know, they don't like it or hate it. It's just like a segue, so... Mm, that's all it is. I mean, it's who, who, barely well, how 40 seconds. How many people seconds. hated it? Uh, 6%. Is that one of the highest hate votes <laughs> oh, tracks geez. on this album? Captain's going for broke now. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. I think it could be. No, we'll get to that. It better not be. (laughs) And if you think about it hard enough, you'll know which track. Oh, yeah. Okay, so track number 10 and the song following this affirmation is Way Back Home. Until I And to start off this review, take it away, player. Wow, talk about personal lyrics and writing from the heart. I think so many people like this track for its honesty and its insightfulness. And it's a bit like Purple Rain in the sense that you can make of it what you will, of what the concept of home is, be it a person or a spiritual figure or a place or whatever it is that you make it, which is really cool. Some fascinating lyrics about wanting to be alone and feeling like he doesn't belong here. And then that leads to the most controversial lyric of most people in this world are born dead, which for me links to the discussion we had on the Plectrum review of Fix Your Life Up, of making the decision to make the most of your life or not, i.e. dead. Very similar to the why did some people walk in the sun while others walk in the dark. It's just the same concept. You can choose to be dead in a sense or you can opt to be alive. And I very much get the sense that Prince feels like he doesn't belong or fit here on earth, but he's being put here for a purpose and he'll do the best he can until he finds his way home. So some food for thought just for the listener to do the the same, regardless of your situation or how you feel. Just do your best until you reach your own personal enlightenment. Musically, there's no real stand-up moments, but that's the whole point. It's to draw your attention to the lyrics. So the underlying score supports the story, and it's very breathy with the synths, grounded by the hard, hypnotic, mechanical beat. I think it's a fantastic and fascinating track, and it's one of his most personal in decades. Yeah, I'm with you on that, player, and we often say on this show to each other, yeah, you're looking at my lyrics, are you looking at my note sheet? You know, because you, you took a lot of the things that I, that I was, that I had on my mind. So I won't add too much to what you were saying, other than to say that for a three minute piece of music, it's incredibly hard hitting and incredibly poignant. It's very atmospheric with those synths that you spoke about player, and it adds an element of eeriness, but also etherealness to what is one of the shorter pieces of music on here, but probably the most impactful, or definitely one of the most impactful. I find his lyrics... I'd have to go through his whole discography before I make this statement, but they're certainly some of the most... Prince's lyrics don't often directly address his own feelings or emotions and reflections on his own life. So directly. Exactly, yeah. You know, he he may make metaphorical descriptions or he may tell a story etc but these are as you just said player very direct and very considered i think now regardless of what people think of them i do think that he's he himself has thought about what he's saying here and it's one of the more direct songs he i think he's ever recorded and i am quite affected by listening to it as well 
really, depending on your point of view, obviously, will either strike you right between the eyes or at the very least will get you thinking about some of the themes and ideas in the song Way Back Home. So, yeah, big thumbs up from me. One of the most striking listens on a Prince album in a very long time. And with that, take it away, Toe Jam. I agree with you guys. It's such an orchestral song. It's such a like movie song. It's like a score to a movie. I love the, I've written down the windscreen wiper beat. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. It's like driving through, you know, midnight and it's pouring rain and you've got that windscreen wiper just going, choo, 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 choo. such a cool sound. A bit reminiscent of 77 Beverly Park, the way it starts on Lotus Flower. You've got those big synth chords that are very reminiscent of Little Red Corvette. Those sort of floating, breathing chords. It's basically the same chords. And I'll bet you guys that when he does this live, he segues it either to Little Red Corvette or from Little Red Corvette. There's my bet. Because <laughs> I can see them working like he'll yeah. do Little Red Corvette and he'll segue into this or vice versa. There's well, he'll some... do it now that you've said it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I want, I want that royalty check if he does I, it. I think it'll be into joy and repetition myself, but let's see what yeah, happens. Uh, <laughs> I can see that too, yeah. So yeah, it's windscreen wiper beat and that digital sounding beat and you've got all this like running, there's like these metallic drops that do, 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 and it's like, you know, raindrops and there's also that piano which sounds like, you know, some rain. So to me, the visual I get in this is just water and rain um, and I think that's, you know, sums up the sort of mood of the song again. I love the the vocals, that female vocal just until I find my way back, you know, just almost robotic. It reminds me very much of Laurie Anderson's album, Big Science, especially the song Oh Superman, which is, is sort of has all that sort of weird experimental re- repetition, computer repetition that sort of gives it that really cold but reflective feeling. There's a really subtle musical moment at 28 seconds and also 125 and also happens later on as well. It's a big cymbal crash, but it's really faint in the background. And you just hear this little snare, like chicken. And it's like, it just sort of gives it that sort of intention, that declarative, that sort of, you know, march kind of feel to it. So it's like he's, you know, he's, he's going to find his way back home and that's his mission and that's what he's got to do. Um, so like little subtle things like that are just great arranging. He's got the lyric that Clay was talking about, most people in this world are born dead. And he's talking about, I don't belong here. And I've been thinking about this lyric a lot. And I've been really into, like the last couple of years, I've been right into like, you know, the study of religion and this kind of thing. And it reminded me very much of a, a lecture I watched by this guy called Luke Timothy Johnson, um, who did this study on like all these different religions and things. And he's sort of saying like these sort of common themes that pop up within religions. And so, you know, you get people and he has like four categories, uh, basically. And it's like, you know, most people fall into this category, whether they're Christian non-believer or Muslim, whatever. Like, you'll find these categories in everything, basically. And so you have one category where it's like, you know, people who have this desire to help everyone and, you know, we're all in it together to help each other out kind of thing. And then you get these other people who, you know, there's always like a small segment of society who people who just genuinely feel that they don't belong and that they feel that they have to escape. And that, to me, like, hits this song. It's like he has this feeling like, well, it's pretty obvious, he states it, basically, that he doesn't belong here and he needs to get out of here, which is really fascinating. So, yeah, look, look that up. Luke Timothy Johnson on Big Think on YouTube. He's mainly talking about, you know, early Christianity and stuff. But if you watch the first few minutes of that, he sort of lays out these categories of sort of personalities, uh, which is interesting. At 2.40, when he finally breaks into the falsetto, you know, he's going to find his way back home. And it's um, it's kind of uh, restrained a bit. Like, he could really belt it out like he has in the past, but he just kind of holds back a bit. And I think it really just adds to that mood again. Another cool lyric. Well, cool. Another interesting lyric. He says, um, you know, he only wanted to be left alone which is another very reminiscent lyric to Songs on 99, where he talks about, you know, you're the one who's always lonely, but I'm the one who's always alone. What's that lyric from? 
I'm thinking, but nothing's coming to mind immediately. Yeah. It's something, something from back, you know, 82 sort of era. The only other thing I've got written here is the way the song, he says the vocal, and then it's always repeating. You know, he says something, and then a background vocal will say it again. And, and it, it sort of adds to this affirmation thing that he's saying these things to declare them and to affirm them. That, you know, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. This kind of thing. So I think it's a great song. Really orchestral. It reminds me like sitting in a cinema watching like a really interesting sci-fi movie. It's great. So that's way back home. All right. We, we're going really in depth on this on this three-minute song, aren't we? <laughs> and Captain. But give, ha- give, someone give... said it. Someone said it. How much is jam-packed into this three minutes? Yeah. You'll finish this three minutes and you'll swear it's been like a five-minute song, but it's not. Yeah, a lot. And and not even so much musically, although it's interesting enough to capture your attention. And it al- it's almost... It makes you feel like there's a lot more to it than there actually is. It's, it's, yeah. a str- it's a strange experience listening to it. Let's hear Captain's reaction to this and what he thinks of it, since I'm sure he's been listening to this album a whole lot. You said we went deep. You three went deep, so I'll do my job now and bring it back up to the, the shallow, absolutely useless comment section. <laughs> The first eight seconds of this song has the woman, <laughs> the annoying English lady. Oh, Do you know who it even is? Because <laughs> you keep I saying that's the lady. <laughs> it's, well, we know the credits aren't clear, player. We've said that several times. It's Leanne Le Havis. Is she the same one that sings yes. in the other song? Clouds? In Clouds, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, so she sings and does the voice in that? Yes. Okay. But it's a different vocalist doing the... Until I find my way, it's a, that's a different vocalist. Okay, that's not I'm her. Pretty sure. Okay then, that's eight. That's eight seconds. You can get. I can get past that. I do like this song better than a bunch of other R and B tracks on this album. Even though, again, musically, it's not that interesting. It, it is all about the the vocals. I mean, Toe Jam said there's this weird electronic drum beat. I don't know what that's about. And there's this one dinky little keyboard playing three notes again. But the vocals, thats the vocals in this track and the lyrics, they make up for that lack, which someone else said. The chorus is very memorable. It sticks in my brain. This, the chorus to this, which y- you've all sung probably once, this is like the only part of this album which sticks in my brain once I've stopped listening to it. I'll just be walking down the street and I'll just be like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it just keeps in my brain for some reason. I don't know why. Is that when you're lost? You're out, out on the streets lost. <laughs> you're just wandering around as I do. Uh, I like how that chorus, each line starts with the last word of the previous line. That's cool. But it's a decent track. I won't say I like it a lot, but there's a lot worse tracks on this album. But the drum beat to this, I don't know what that is. Does he think he's like Muse or something? I don't know what it's about. I don't think it goes with Prince's type of music at all. I think it's the digital garden breaking through again from the Rainbow Children. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. It's something new, something new. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. We wanted to try different things. We all wanted to do something different. That's Toe Jam. That's Toe Jam right there. And this album does have a bunch of experimental stuff, which he hasn't done before, which is probably due to the other people listed as production credits. But I think yeah, some things work and some things don't work that well. But still, it's probably better that he tried it than we don't get to hear it at all, so... Near the end of this track, about 2.30, you get these big synths coming in, and they just sound out of place as well, along with this drum beat. I just don't think it goes with this track. But then again, I don't think just, you know, a normal acoustic drum kit would have sounded good either. So, I don't know what I'm talking about. The end. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> What can I say? Captain doesn't really feel this so much. For me, it's, it's the standout track on the album, you know, sparse honesty and emotion with a... 
lilting and atmospheric musical backdrop i think is just brilliant and is the experiment that really does work on the album so you know it just depends but with that we continue on in no, this we don't do we have to <laughs> the fan the vote f- the fan vote let's see way back home ranked third Behind Breakdown and The Gold Standard, a massive 59.43% love this and 25% like it. So, wow, 85%. Um, yeah, so it's one of the most loved ones on this album. There you go. So with that, we go into the next song on this release. It's <laughs> entitled Funk and Roll. <laughs> It is the single, and as the CD and vinyl versions quote, the hit single from this from this album. Yeah, I hit myself when this comes on. <laughs> I hit the skip button. So let, let's get into this, guys. I want to just do something a little bit different, if you don't mind, and have a proper roundtable discussion. I mean, I know we usually give our individual opinions with smatterings of people are uh, kind of you know yelling random things out but let's uh, let's go all in funk and roll the song bad remix should have saved it for the b-side that's it and it is a remix isn't it it's not the original song per se as far as we know joshua welton got his hands on the third eye girl version and he was we he presume had, he had his way with it presume he was <laughs> we, we presume I he was either that asked, any he was either asked to remix this or he remixed it and then, you know, showed Prince the results, one would presume. But this is certainly a remix. You know, what, what does everyone feel? What does everyone think? Can anyone remember Prince putting a remix as an album track on any album? Um, is there maybe something on Emancipation, maybe? I don't know. As a remix? Oh, uh, gee. See, this is hmm. what baffles me. Like, why is this here? Like, it, there was a four-year gap between albums. Surely in four years, he would have made an up-tempo song that could have fit here instead of this remix. That's the way I see it. Like, why is it here? I know it's in this position because, like you said, these sort of last few tracks are sort of more of a down-tempo R&B and this sort of kind of lifts it up a bit. But surely there's, a like, a studio album track of some other description that could have been put in this place. Yeah. If that was the intent, it failed miserably. Well, this is the thing. I didn't like it initially, but I've grown to love it. I think the you've last... You've grown to love it? Yeah. yeah well, but, let's give play the floor. Hang on. Give, no, let's no, give no, play no, Take no. it away. Take it away, baby. Okay. Well, the, the last minute especially is so awesome. The last minute, the guitars and the synths, like that just really takes up in the stratosphere, that part of it. But I agree with Captain. I reckon this should have been saved as a B-side single on a remix album. Or even just kept it in the vaults, you know. It would have been fine. No, but if it's going to be a single, I mean, we've seen a lyric video. We haven't seen any sort of release, but it should have been the version on Plectrum Electrum released as the single. And if you download a, you know, a version, like kind of like Breakfast Can Wait, there was the original song and the remixes. This should have been the same. And what's with that lyric video anyway? Wasn't there supposed to be like a proper video made a while back with like roller skating or something? Yes. There was a casting call put out, but nothing came of it. As far as, far as the, the release of this remix single, it was actually released on Amazon and I believe on iTunes prior to the album's release. And then also Warner Brothers Records released this particular version on their YouTube site, which got a, quite a large number of hits. 
many more hits than than you know uh, the other snippets that he's released. Obviously, th- that was the full song, but so it was out there, is all I'm saying. Prior to prior to the album's release, and it was getting a lot of good reviews, at least on the YouTube comments when when I first had a quick read of them. And you've got to be careful with YouTube comments because I- even reading you know one of those can can send you into a a s- <laughs> spin <laughs> or, or a you know a, a suspended animation kind of. Uh, Oh well, yeah, I know what you mean. I've been reading yeah. some Facebook comments lately. And- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so player, you you've grown to love love this love this song. Interesting. Uh, I'm a bit surprised by that, only because. But in the context of the song itself, not in the context of the album. Hmm. Like I've so listened to the song itself, especially that last one minute. I really like it. So you think this? So in other words, are you saying that the song works, but it doesn't fit on the album? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that kind of what you mean, or or you're happy with the existence of this? on the album itself like when I'm listening to it I like the sensation it gives me I know that sounds really fluffy but as far as like I said there's never been a remix on a Prince album and I think it's just an odd thing to fit in here it's like it's tacked on it's an oddity I'll just say I dislike pretty much everything about this track this remix that's all I'm a bit on the fence actually I'm kind of with you Captain I don't like the drum beats I, I don't like the last minute with the big synths and everything I'm just like oh come on what is this it seems like it's a remix for the sake of having a remix it's not like he had a really good idea it's just like oh well we need a remix so someone do a remix there we go done it's a bit strange in that in that sense i think you're right there because whereas every other piece of music whether you like it or dislike it or are neutral to it all the other songs on this album are in the strict kind of classic sense songs produced for the record by prince right but this one we know is a remix and we know that presumably joshua welton either did this in isolation or had a huge hand in putting this together and i I just i agree with you captain i don't know that it really has any place here and then you know sometimes i listen to it and i think you know what it does bring the 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 tempo of the album back up but but like player said there had to be another up-tempo studio track Mm. in the last four years Mm. that could have gone in its place yeah or just go straight from way back home into time which we haven't spoken about and let the album close out that way i mean that that, that's also an option i want to put my piece in about this song Mm -hmm. gotta get your Um, piece in (laughs) I, I agree with player that the last minute is kind of cool, but I don't think it saves it at all. I think the first two and a half minutes, and I, I hate to say this, but I just think it's rubbish. I don't feel anything to this. It's just this annoying beat. The lyrics do not fit the music at all. Mm. It's a song about funk and roll, which I, I kind of like the collection election version. It's not great, but it's good. It's fun. This just makes no sense. It makes no sense on the album whatsoever. And I know from talking to heaps of Prince fans about this album, most people have dropped it and they say the album is better for it. And I I agree there. It's just, I hate to say the word rubbish, but I think in the context of this album, this is rubbish. And this might have been okay as a, like we've all said, as a little fun little remix b-side but why on earth this is on this album i still can't get my head around the video the video is complete rubbish i'm sorry but that video back in four years and he puts this on there that video smells like contractual obligation it's like "Mm, i said i'd do do a video warner brothers called hey prince you said you do a video you haven't done a video yet uh okay um, hey get Josh, can you just whack up, you know, lyric, whack up some picture montage video. and have the same picture come up three times in the video? Fire up the um, Mac, get it ready. <laughs> <Fire up. laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I just think this 
it ruins the flow of a great album. And it does ruin the flow, it, yeah. I'll say it again. It, it ruins the flow of a great album. It's kind of hard to say that, but it's true. And I don't know what it's doing there, and it makes no sense to me. There's my piece. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I, I am kind of with you, Tejem, as well. And this, just like I was with Captain, it's, it is just not meant for this record. It doesn't fit in any way, shape, or form. And I think the album suffers because of it. It's so ironic that the album lists this as the hit single. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, I won't speak for everyone, but potentially at least three of us agree that it would be better without it. You know what could have happened? He could have played Plectrum Electrum to Warners before it was released. And, you know, all the guys in the suits said, oh, that funk and roll, that, oh, that'll be the single for sure. Everyone will love that. That's a hit. I can smell it. And so Prince is like, oh, okay then. So then he puts it on this album as well as a remix, thinking that this album will sell on the back of <laughs> funk and roll as a remix. But nothing ever happens. It's just, what is it doing here? Even if that happened, it just doesn't make any sense. It's very strange, isn't it? It's really, really, really strange. I mean, I, I also think that it, to play his point, first of all, it's, I don't think it's a terrible piece of remixing. I think it's a really. It's, I think it's a reasonable remix, and as a B side, uh, yeah, I really think that as a B side or as a as a B side remix to the A side, which would be the Plectrum Electrum album version, this would be okay. But it's a B side at best. It's certainly not an album track, and it's certainly not the hit single. The suits must have said, you know, this is going to be the single. This is the hit. So uh, then they get the stickers out, the hit single funk and roll, slap it on all the, on all the releases. It's just ridiculous. The, and the, the other thing that I want to just quickly add about the flow of the album is that this ruins the flow completely. So even if we agreed that we all enjoyed the song, I still think the flow of the album is ruined by a song of this nature the tempo, the kind of impact that this sort of, just sonically, it doesn't gel with what was happening. And there was a part of me, while I was listening to this song recently, when we were preparing for this, for this, for our album review of this, of Artificial Age, I was listening to Housequake from Sign of the Times. It just came up on my iPod uh, randomly. And I actually think there are some comparisons with the vocal Mm. delivery of the line, of the verses in this song to his vocal delivery on the verses of the song Housequake. And I do like those. I do like the high-pitched vocal and I do like the way that he delivers it. Moving on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Another fan vote. Well, this is the most interesting. You know, it seems like this piece of music is the only sort of bridging point between the two albums that you can see, like, you know, having the same track on both albums. When we did the fan vote, we asked everyone to vote for the songs on on both albums at the same time. It's interesting because on the Plectrum Electrum album, this ranked third behind Another Love and Wow. So it rated really highly on the Plectrum Electrum album. On this album, it ranks seventh. Just probably because there's stronger tracks ahead of it. That's um, the reason, the difference between the two. But the interesting thing is, is on Plectrum Electrum, it got for the love vote 49.29% as love, and no one ticked the hate box. Whereas if you look at Funk and Roll results on the Artificial Age section, a massive 6.60% ticked the hate box for this. It is the largest recorded one on this album behind the, I guess, the Affirmation Segways and Artificial Cage. But it, yeah, it ranks the most as the ticked hate box. Uh, only 36.79% love it and 33% like it. So it is definitely either you like it or hate it kind of track. 
the fan vote basically says that 60-something percent of people either like or love this song. Yes. So it is quite a successful track from a fan point of view when, when, you, when you read the survey results. It is, but and, when you compare it to the Plectrum version, mm. it's, it's a lot different. Yeah. They like that version more. Yeah, interesting. I can't cool. believe we talked that long about that track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's a remix after everything. I will add one last little tidbit here. <laughs> about <laughs> captains losing control uh, I, will, I will add one last tidbit about this from a sequencing point of view because i did say it ruins the flow of the album keeping in mind since i don't have the vinyl edition of this album yet it was difficult to figure out is this sequencing just affecting the digital version or the cd version or is it going to affect the vinyl album and we've had a look at the sequencing on the vinyl album which is a 2lp set by the way so this song opens up side D on the vinyl record, which I think is really interesting because what that means is after you have listened to side C of this vinyl edition, then you would have finished with the song Way Back Home and then you would have heard some silence, had a bit of a pause, flipped the record over to side D and all of a sudden this song opens up side D. So I think it's very possible without having listened to the vinyl edition myself, it's possible that this might work better purely from a sequencing point of view on the vinyl record than it does not on the vinyl record. So let's see what we think of it when we all get our vinyl copies. But with that, let's go into the next song. It is entitled Time. Let me tell you one time that I think And it's time to get into this player. Oh, man. This track is dope. Just really a sexy duet with Andy Allo again. This would have to be my favorite on this album. The musical highlight would have to be the bass by far. It's just cray-cray. This beat is solid, makes your head bob. Some really nice harp and strings underlying the track. Lyrically, I like the music. Really sexy. Play this one in the bedroom for sure. The animal half my age line kind of seems like an inside joke between... Prince and Andy Yellow makes me raise an eyebrow when I hear that line. It's funny because she's more than half his age. More than half his age. <laughs> <laughs> and the moaning part towards the end is pretty funny too by Prince. And then after that, that end coda that starts around the 6 minute 13 second mark sounds very Larry Graham to my ears. It's just a nice way to close out the track. I, I love this, this song. I think it's one of the best he's done for a while. Cool. Uh, Toe Jam. Yeah, I think it's great as well. Um, the first time I heard it, I wasn't I was like, oh, yeah, it's just a groove that goes on. But the more and more I've listened to it, the more and more I think it's it's uh, really quite stellar. The song reminds me of West from the News album, which evolved into Call My Name. And so it's those three songs now are sort of you know internally linked with this sort of same sort of synthy thing going on in the background. I'll just try and play something here on the keyboard. Those three songs just have that sort of chord progression running all the way through. I've also said it reminds me a lot of the song Girl, the B-side of uh, Around the World in the J um, album, only because it's this sort of long groove that's sort of relaxing and chilling and kind of fun and playful. But yeah, it reminds me of Girl uh, for those reasons, just sort of this playful um, song, you know, a boy and a girl talking to each other. A duet with Andy Allo, you've got the phone thing, the phone ringing, and you've got Prince on the other line. You can, he's got that distorted phone voice vocal. <laughs> Between beats two and three, there's like a skipping noise. It sounds like the CD's skipping, um, and it really bugged me the first few times because I kept sounding like the CD was skipping, but 
I hear it now as part of the beat. When that big beat comes in, it's really cool. Uh, it's like this sort of industrial beat, and you've got this like timpani sound on beat one, this boom, just starting on beat one of each bar or so. The bass guitar, when it comes in at three minutes, that's just so smooth. That's just the sexiest bass ever. Again, like we've said a million times on Prince songs, very reminiscent of Thank You For Letting Me Be Myself Again. Very similar sort of bass line, very sly. This song sounds so much like Sly and the Family Stone, it's not funny. At 4.16, you've got this... This is what it feels like reference. So that's kind of being brought in again. Andy Allo's singing that in the background. I just love all the layered synths, the way they breathe. As a player said, there's some little harp stuff going on in the background. At 5.43, uh, you've got, and I think it might happen earlier as well, you've got Andy Allo referencing the song Breakdown again. You've got this down, down, down. Down, down, down. Yeah, so you get a few little references in this song to other songs in the album, which is cool. I love the break at 6.05 where Prince is just like, He's about to ball or something. That's cool. And then it's just 611, just bang! That synths come in and those horns, that's just, that is such a cool groove. I mean, you could just bob your head to that, that groove when those horns are coming in. Man, I just love it. I wish that went for longer. But at the same time, it is kind of, it's like the whole song's a tease for that moment for me. So the way it fades out, it's like, no, it only goes for 20 seconds, but it's so cool, that last bit. Reminds me of um, the song My Computer, how it has a similar kind of ending, this big crazy ending with horns and popping stuff going on, and, and the same sort of thing, it fades out pretty quickly. But that groove, man oh man, that's good. I like it 428, how the bass gets heavier and heavier. I think it might even be doubled. There might even be two bass players or two basses going on at that point. So yeah, this, this song has a real 1985 vibe about it. I can't quite put my finger on it. I think it might be the telephone thing, you know, songs like Neon Telephone and, and the girl thing. And it just it reminds me of 1985. I can't put Neon my finger telephone. on it. Because you've got that original track on the 3 o'clock album, right? Oh, of course. Vermillion, of course. Because <laughs> that was where it was officially released. Yes. No. <laughs> no, but does anyone else get that? Does anyone else get that 1985 sound to me? Oh, that's just what bit. I hear. No, not yeah. really. What a great song. And there are so many great songs in this album. They're starting to pile up. And this is just another great one. Okay. Let's hand it over to the captain for his impressions of this song. This song, I think this one is, it's a grower. I easily pass this off as another bland R&B track. What but a surprise. It, but it does get better on repeat listens. I still don't think it's great, but it's a lot better than I thought it was on the first few listens. I mean, the first three minutes are just a bit average for me. Again, I don't like Andy Ello's voice, the sound of her voice on this. I don't know why. It's just this cutesy little baby girl vocal, and I just... It annoys me a bit. And again, we've got Prince on the telephone. Yeah, yeah, we know you can use that setting on Adobe Audition. Good on you. Three minutes in, <laughs> three minutes in, it all gets better. The bass comes and saves the track. But I've seen people criticizing the bass, its presence in this track, like, you know, oh, it just ruins everything. It takes over the song. It's like, why, why, can't, a, why can't a bass have a solo? Just because it's not an electric guitar or a saxophone, it can't have a solo. Basses can have solos too. That's fine. Go and listen to a very famous Beach Boys song that has a, a solo by a bass harmonica. It's like the only track in existence that even has that. So eat that. Anyway, 409 to 412, that's the best four or five notes of bass in this entire track. It's just great. And then, like Toe Jam said, everybody said, 612, you got the, the fake horns. They're fake horns, aren't they? They're not real. That's I think just there's a, a bit of both. There's some fake ones and some real ones. Just sounds like synth. And then the horn's good. There's a little bit of guitar and bass runs. They fit in nice. And then we have a fade-out. you got to love a good fade-out. The art of fade-outs is lost, but I think it's bringing back the fade-out. It's great. Anyway, yeah, this song, it's okay. It's definitely grown on me and could still grow more. I'm a little bit surprised to hear you say that, actually. Why? Because 
this is it's a little bit more funky, but it's still in the vein of that the rest of that type of R and B feel that is really all throughout this album. Yeah, that's what I thought the first few listens, but all the others that I listened to a bunch of times still sound the same to me. But this song's gotten better. Hmm. This is the grower, but the you know, the others are just still the same boring track the first time I heard it. Even after I've heard it twenty times. But this one gets better. Yeah, I guess you just never know what's gonna what's gonna impact on you. It's the uh, bass. It's just those that three seconds of bass, four oh nine to four twelve. That that's it. <laughs> that's that's the song. It must be. I mean I, I don't know. I think the bass does it for me as well. Although I don't think this is a standout by any stretch. If anything, this is a a loose groove shaped into a an album closer. Even though there is one further piece of music to come after this, this is for me really the the album closer as far as songs go. If I listen to this and just ignore the bass, then yeah, it's just another what six something minute drum beat, and that's it. Yeah, aside from that incredibly funky bit at the end with the synth oh, and horns. The bit the, I mean, the that's bait, great. The horns at the end, yeah, that's great. But it's really not a lot to this. And I mean, that's I, only I what twenty thirty seconds. That's not much yeah. out of six. Six minutes. Yeah. Look, I, I do. I think it's overly long. And that, this look, MC. This is the magic of music. Who, who <laughs> knows right. which bland R and B track I'm going to actually like for some bizarre reason? <laughs> Nobody knows. That's a very good point. You just got to listen to the show to figure out exactly what Captain's <laughs> gonna, what what he's gonna say and what he's gonna feel uh, or not feel. I also don't think, from a sequencing point of view, it's particularly great going into Affirmation Three, which we're bit, we're all about to talk about. But look, purely musically speaking, it's bare bones. You guys have really described it already. But I will say that the melody, there's not a lot of melodies. The groove is all right. I'm just not incredibly affected by it. That's all. It's a cool groove, really. I'm I'm struggling to describe it in any other way, and sometimes you just got to listen to music instead of talking about it too much. But I will say that when I first heard it, it reminded me, and and I I didn't say this during our first impression show, but it just popped into my head now. It reminded me of a song that he performed live back in 2011 or so. I think even during the North Sea Jazz Festival, uh, it was called Only Heaven Knows. And, you know, unless you were at the show, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But it was basically a live jam that he did a few years back and it went for like 10 12 minutes where it was a very very similar to this john blackwell was just drumming this steady beat and prince was on the bass playing these very similar bass lines andy Allah was actually at that show i can't remember whether she sang on the song or not but yeah it reminds me of only heaven knows so very obscure reference i know and and for anyone that wasn't there well unfortunately you'll (laughs) just have to forget about what i just said but i don't know i think way back home is so stunning and funk and rolls we Not. spoke about that <laughs> we spoke about that and this one just i think i need more time with it captain you know how you said it's a grower and it's growing it takes on you some time. yeah i mean to, pardon no the pun. pun intended exactly but it's there for effect so yeah i think it does take some time and i think i need more time with this to really get into it a bit more certainly there's nothing there's nothing bad about it come back uh, in about five years and tell us what you think <laughs> about time do you want to know what the fan vote was? Sure, please tell us. This ranked fourth on the album, and a massive 51.42% love this track. 
and 35.85% like it. So around 87% like this track. I'm onto something then. Massive I, I, scores. I actually like a track Massive. that everyone else likes for once. <laughs> it, it does say, though, what, you know, the minute Prince picks up a bass, even if it's just yeah. some simple lines, and the way it's recorded is really nice because that bass really turns up once it plugs in. It's really cool to hear. So yeah. That bass sounds like it's um, coming through a really old, crusty amplifier, mm. which sounds yeah. cool. Really yeah. authentic sound. Yeah, I can I can see that, and I can I can feel that too. Like it really comes through, hits you hits you in your chest. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm just I'm still I guess I'm still feeling it. I'm feeling my way through this song. So I'm neither here nor there. I just need more time, as I said before, and I'm looking forward to listening to it more because there, as is the case with much of Prince's music, often when you give it the proper attention. And you you kind of listen to it more more than just a few times. You can gauge new things and sense new things in in a lot of his work. So I'm hoping the same thing happens for me in this song. But um, the album's not done yet. Let's go into the closing piece of music on this release. It is track number thirteen. Its title is Affirmation Three. Here she comes again. Okay, so on that note, I'm not going to captain. <laughs> I'm going to say take it away, Toji. Okay, well, this is really the same as Way Back Home, isn't it? It's it's the extended version of Way Back Home. It's the and, reprise. Yeah, reprise. Okay. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's done this. I've squashed the two songs together, um, and I think it works heaps better. So, you know, my version of Way Back Home is a three is a five-minute something song. And this affirmation, the second half of the extended version of Way Back Home, i.e. affirmation three, is really about the strings for me. It's the orchestral arrangement. Um, and genius. Yeah, string genius. And there was a great article that we posted up that we linked to on our Peach and Black Facebook page interviewing people who run String Genius and talking about how that collaboration came about with Prince and basically saying that, you know, Prince said to them directly that he wants that Claire Fisher sound. And when I first heard this, I thought, man, this this sounds like Claire Fisher. I wonder if it's like, you know, something's pulled out from the vault or something, but obviously not. So they've done a great job of recreating that sound. I think it's it's almost seamless. You can't tell the difference. It's great, great arranging. The other thing um, about that was the piece of music was originally intended for the song, but Prince pulled it out and put it on this track. Yeah, I was thinking that. I wonder if you could actually put these two together. Line, and I wonder if they actually sync up together. That'd be interesting. When they were actually recording it, they thought they were recording that orchestration for Way Back Home, that piece of music. But when the album came out, it wasn't on there, and then it showed up on Affirmation 3. That's what they were saying, basically. So, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, other than it's just a great orchestral movie soundtrack-like piece of music with all the story going on over the top from The Mysterious Woman. Um, <laughs> and it is kind of interesting. Like, you know, we've had a bit of a... It's very easy to become cynical about, you know, all this sort of affirmation stuff and this spiritual stuff and everything. But it is interesting what she's saying. Like, uh, you know, you are everything. You know, you thought... And this is what uh, made me become a little bit more lenient on that line in Way Back Home when he talks about, you know, some people are born dead. Because now in this song, she says, like, that's kind of wrong. You are everything. So it's all you, you know, this kind of thing. So everything that he's been complaining about is actually still part of him. And so really the whole theme for me is, you know, this one destination, you. So the whole album, uh, this theme, the sci-fi theme is about, you know, finding yourself, finding your home and coming to realize that you are everything, which <laughs> <laughs> is hard to explain. But it, to me, it does kind of make sense. 
So I think it's a great way to close the album. And on my version, I've gone from what it feels like to time to the extended version of Way Back Home. And I think the album works much better that way. I think the sequencing in the first half of the album is perfect. And I think the way I've done it, and I'm sure other people have done it, is a great way to finish the album. But where does funk and roll fit in? (laughs) It's the hidden track. It doesn't. It's It's like really hidden. Yeah, it's right at the end. And if if I miss it, I'm not too worried. I'll leave it there because I'll do my final thoughts after everyone has spoken about this song, I guess. Okay, player, give us your thoughts on this and um, how it, how you think it rounds out the album. Uh, for me, this is the eye-opener ending where it all comes together. And I was initially listening to it thinking, where is this going? And then when Liana says, um, all of it is you, it's kind of like the epiphany moment where you go, oh, wow, okay, that's really cool. I mean, he sort of tried this concept before, back in the year 2000, with that um, one song, if you remember that, when he released yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 1st of January 2000, um, about being one with the universe and stuff. And he kind of revisits that here. Um, I think he does it in a, in a pretty successful way. It's a great way to bring the whole album together. So during the album, he sort of alludes to it. And then by the end of it, you go, oh, okay, this is this is what this is all about. So I think it's really cool. And it's even though it's a reprise, it's a definite necessity to have it in the album to sort of bring it all together. I really like it. And Captain. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, we've got the woman at the start and her constantly annoying presence. But uh, like everyone said, it's a reprise of Way Back Home. you got the string genius doing the magic. But this is another one. I could have, because I ignore the lady, I don't get the... You don't you get know, the end because you're not paying I don't attention get the to end. the rest of the album. Yeah. I don't get the end, so I could just do without this track. You should kind of listen to it because you'll, you'll probably pick up something out of it. I don't. Yeah, C- Captain, you should think about it. because Seriously. You should think about it because I think there was a song on this album where you picked up stuff that even the three of us didn't, so <laughs> do us the favour. What, what What did I pick uh, up? I don't. No, there was something you said, <laughs> lyrically, lyrically that we missed out on. Yeah, we just weren't listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it might take me another 600 listens before I understand this album, but I'm never going to listen to this album 600 times. And that's the way you finish an album review positively <laughs> on the Picture Black <laughs> podcast. <laughs> What's your review, MC? What's your take on it? I mean, this is more of a song than the first affirmation just because it's longer and a little bit more fleshed out and it's got more content in it, which I like. I think it's great. As in, it's a great end to the album. Because how often do you listen to a Prince record and he ends an album with this sort of uh, piece? It's very rare. Usually it's a song, It's an, usually it's a massive closer. And the song before this was Time, which was a down-tempo, funky groove. So I think that creates a very different feel. Then when you add the thematic content in what they're talking about in Affirmation, which I haven't quite resolved, it's, it's definitely a riddle. And maybe it'll always be a riddle, because what they're talking about, are, some of the concepts are quite... You know, it's not the kind of stuff that you hear every day. So there's a lot of food for thought, as far as I'm concerned. So it's 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 interesting. It's curious. It it's like that question mark ending to me, so and I find so that brilliant. So you're saying, you know, there's lots of ideas and tricky concepts in there, mm-hmm. which could be, you know, too much for our brain to understand. Possibly. Or it could just be total baloney. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is, even though I'm saying question, it's 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 it, there's, there are a lot of questions at the end of this album with this with affirmation three in particular. 
keep in mind that it might actually be the answer. So this last piece to might the question be, of you. Correct. <laughs> it might be the missing piece or the the answer to really putting the puzzle together because a lot of what Leanne is talking about is really revealing. You are everything. The answer is you. It's all you. To Toe Jam's point, really, that's not a question. That's a conclusive answer. And it could be one of the key markers for entering not only Prince's music, but an entrance into his mind frame with regards to recording this album, putting it together, and possibly even what he's attempting to say here. Because I think, and we're about to do our album summary uh, shortly, but I think this is a statement. This isn't just a suggestion or, you know, a blend of songs put together and, and just delivered to Warner Brothers. I think there's really something behind here. Whether it succeeds completely, we can talk about that. But anyway, those are my thoughts. But what, so. but what she says there and some of the stuff in the lyrics in Way Back Home, I don't see that as any sort of you know, surprising revelation that Prince thinks he's you know, so great yeah, and but it's... different to everyone else. We but know he thinks that about himself. Yeah, but to Tojam's point, I don't think that's a. I, I don't think it's about that necessarily. I mean, there are glimpses of what you're talking about in Way Back Home, but by the time you get to the end of the album, a, a few things have been clarified, and one of those is that this is as much an album about Prince as it is an album about us. Yeah, I agree with that. The fans seem to agree with that as well. The Affirmation 3 ranked 12th, so it's last along with Affirmation 1 and 2, but the Affirmation 1 and 2 got, for the love button, they only got 21%. Here they got 45%, so it almost doubled, and 30% like it. So I think the message at the end, a lot of people sort of pick up on, and they um, kind of like the way the album rounds out. All right, all right. And with our final album roundup, take it away, player. Uh, let's see. I really like this album. And I was kind of surprised by that. I think with the last few albums, probably since 3121, I would say, I've been able to listen to the Prince album one or two times and get the gist of it and shelve it. This album, for some reason, is different. I need to listen to it constantly, and I always find something new in it. And I think that's really, really good, that it has a lot of life in it. I think it's disappointing for Prince that he doesn't seem to be backing it as much. I'd, I'd really like to see him release singles and do videos and release sort of more live appearances on TV and that sort of stuff to really back it because I think there's a lot worthy of this album that probably beyond the Prince community would, would really like and pick up on. And I think, you know, it charted for the first couple of weeks and sort of dropped off. But I think if he really um, backed it, there's a lot of potential here because some of the stuff on here is really good. Uh, Score-wise, I would give it maybe eight and a half. Closer to nine. I really, really like this album. Oh, oh. I really, really like it. I think it's really, really good. Okay. Take it away, uh, Captain, after that high score from uh, Player. Okay, seriously. This is probably one of my least liked albums by Prince in a very long time. Why? I think Plectrum Electrum is way better than this. And not just a little bit better, way better. I mean, that can also go down to my personal preference. I think it's common knowledge I don't really like R&B at all. So it makes perfect sense why I'm on a Prince podcast. But yeah, for this album, I really only like three or four tracks. And the rest, it's just filler to me. I, I can't believe you guys think some of it's, it's so great. 
for me, it's ruined by the English woman. And it's nothing against her. I just don't want her on this album. She can have her own album and that's fine. But I just don't like her on this album. To me, it is a very uninspired album. But yeah, Player, you talked about that before. You know, I reckon half this album's inspired by him just hanging around on the internet for the last four years. I don't mm. know. There's parts of it that I question of it, yeah. But, but I think the overall result is, is pretty good. And it's not like I'm even comparing this to his greatest works. I mean, even just comparing to every album in the last 10 years, I still put this way down the list. Do Would you rank it above uh, Planet Earth? No. I'm going to do my best MC impression. I am going to Batman this album. It's a 4 out of 10. Oh, no, Ooh. not the Batman score. Wow. I don't like it. Wow. There's like four, three or four good tracks, a couple okay ones, and the rest is just no. Nah. Okay, what what's you your favourite? What did you give Flexion Election? I think you I know? gave it a six, six and a half, I think. Yeah. Not a what's your, huge what's your favourite track on this album? Like, by uh, far. Gold Standard or Artificial Cage? Well, yeah, I mean, the ones I really like, Artificial Cage, The Gold Standard, uh, Breakdown's okay, Way Back Home and Time are okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really... Only three tracks, four tracks. And the rest is just skip, 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 skip. Come on, bring it home, brother. He's gone. He's he, he's fainted. No, I'm, I am here. Oh, um, <laughs> I can't actually believe that <laughs> Captain's given this like a four. <laughs> That's just nuts. So, so you're giving it the same score that I give Batman. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, I, I guess hearing your review, I'm not. I'm actually not surprised by that scoreline, but I just think if this is a way stronger album. Tojem, you, I'm sure you've got a lot to say, so give us your thoughts. I haven't got that much. I think it's a great album. I was so uh, relieved when it first came out because I was worried hearing the Funk and Roll remix before it, and I think You Know came out. You know, You Know is a good song, but it's not my favourite song by any means. And I was really quite worried, but I was really relieved that it is a really strong album. There, like I said earlier, there are some moments on this album that really give me that love sexy feel. Um, and I can't quite put my finger on why that is, but it just does. Maybe it's just the white clouds in the background on the cover or something, I don't know. Some interesting thing, observations about it. There's a lot of mid-tempo songs in this whole album. Really, only the first song is up-tempo. Everything else is, is either a ballad or it's that sort of mid-tempo groove, which is very odd because, you know, you think most Prince albums have at least two or three, if not more, sort of, you know, more fast-paced songs. But interestingly, it doesn't really bother me. I don't ever think, oh, we need to have a fast track now, which I think is the mistake he might have made with the Funk and Roll remix, thinking, oh, well, we need a, we need a fuss, we need something up-tempo. Um, but I don't think it needed it. There's a lot of women vocalists on this album. Andy Allo. There is, uh, yeah. Player, you'll know the names of them better than I, do, I will. Yeah, Andy Allo, Delilah, who's credited as um, her original name, Paloma. Yeah. Uh, the Golden Hippie, which is um, Marissa Jack. Liana. So there's a, there's a few. Yeah, there's quite a few on him. Yeah, and I actually think I think it adds a lot to the album, and I think it it's part of the theme as well. It's like you know this idea of the sort of idealized woman who's sort of that thing he's craving for, getting a bit deep. But you know he always has these muses kind of thing. It's like these muses are guiding him through this journey. The theme of the album has this epiphany thing to it, which when you look back on Prince's albums, there's a lot of albums that have that theme: Purple Rain, Love, Sexy, Graffiti, Bridge, the Symbol album, Gold, Experience. Emancipation, the Rainbow Children. There's just albums and albums that have this like, oh, Prince has had an epiphany. It's really <laughs> interesting. It's like that's Prince makes albums about him having epiphanies, which is really interesting. I think the songs might be a few years old, I think. I think I wouldn't be surprised if this is actually like, you know, from two thousand eleven when he when Andy Allo was a permanent member in the band. Because she's all over this album and we know she hasn't been with them for a couple of years. So 
Uh, I also talked all, earlier about how there's a few references to songs that were produced a few couple of years ago. So I think the bulk of this album is actually, you know, maybe two, three, possibly older. Not that's a bad thing. Uh, but it still sounds really fresh. It sounds new. It's the print sound, but it's updated, and that's always good to hear. So I think it's a fantastic album. I'm so, I am so want to give it a nine, but I, I just think that funk and roll kind of pulls it back from giving me that nine. I think eight and a half is where I'm going to stay because I, I don't like funk and roll. I'll just say it straight out. This Could Be Us is okay, but it's a bit skippable. And you know, I don't dislike that, but I can see myself in a couple of weeks hitting skip on that one a bit more. So I think eight and a half is a great score there, but there's a lot of really solid songs on this. Artificial Cage is great. Clouds is great. Breakdowns is great. Gold Sand is great. Time is great. Way Back Home is great. What's the one I'm missing? My, one of my favorite ones. Forget the name. What It Feels what it Like feels is great. Like. Um, so there's a lot of really solid songs on this. Um, and so, you know, having been a few years now since we've had a proper Prince album, it's good to be back. <laughs> it's, it's very cohesive, this album. Yeah. yeah. Good, good word to use. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, you guys know that I haven't rated albums for quite a long time, and I'm I'm still pondering Captain's rating of this uh, album, actually. <laughs> but uh, four years, hey? It uh, was I, a... I gave him one point for every year he was away. <laughs> he needed to stay <laughs> away no, for wait, another six. Really, people, that's called a joke. <laughs> I can't wait for the, your angry comments. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am just going to say that I'm still... Look, it was four years. It was a four-year wait, which is a long time in, in Prince's discography between albums. And I am still in discovery mode. I'm not prepared to make a definitive statement about it. So, it's difficult for me to summarize this. But I will say a couple of things. One, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed listening to this album repeatedly. And I think the word the player used, cohesive is a perfect description of how this album plays out. And going back to Toe Jam's comments, I don't want to flog a dead horse here, but the Funk and Roll remix is one song too many. And as a number of us have said, the minute you take that song off this album, it becomes a better record. It becomes a smoother record. It becomes a more listenable record. And eventually, what all that means is that it becomes a more enjoyable record. So I think it suffers because of that song being on there. But luckily enough, I did purchase the digital version through Prince's official site when it first came out. And I've since taken that remix off. And uh, much, I'm much happier with my personal experience. The other thing I'll say about this album is that it's a refreshing listen in the sense that seldom... In recent memory, has Prince taken his sound and done something fresh with it, really updated it, not just tinkered with it, but from a sonic point of view, updated his sound. All the elements are still there. The thematic content is particular to this specific release, but the sonic hit that you get with this is really cool because it fits, I think, into the contemporary sounds that a lot of other people are making in the realm of R&B and pop, but it's uniquely Prince at the same time. And I think with the right push and with the right promotion and also playability, i.e. if he plays these songs live on a stage with a band, I think that would go far to establishing them, you know, in people's minds. And, um, you know, that could go some way to really bringing these songs to an audience. So we shall see if that will happen. And the final thing I will say is for pure enjoyment, for like for pure fun, I haven't had this much fun listening to a Prince album in a long time. And I think the reason is that he just sounds a bit more relaxed, almost like he's... Yeah, I agree with that. 
He's a bit more comfortable in his skin. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And not taking himself maybe completely seriously over every single element, over every song, over every part of it. And, you know, unfortunately, that gives us things like Funk and Roll Remix because he feels so free and confident in his own headspace. But at the same time, it's quite remarkable that it provides us things like Way Back Home and Affirmation 3 and The Breakdown, you know, pieces of stunning emotional directness that are quite rare in his in his discography. And Prince is still being mysterious, but there are elements of him opening up a little bit to his fan base and to all, all the other listeners that are enjoying this work. So... This is basically my summary. This is a strong album. Very. It's actually a very strong album. From a guy who has written some of the most memorable pop hooks in history. From a guy who is undoubtedly one of the most creative and inspiring artists alive. To at this stage in the game, keep in mind that you're listening to, what, the 37th or the 38th album in in a discography. So when you consider that context around how fresh this sounds, I think it's really cool. Do all of the experiments work? No. Do the experiments that work, work really well? Yes. And at the end of the day, was this an album that really struck a chord and had me both thinking deeply about some of the stuff he was singing about, which I still, in many cases, have a very vague idea of what he's actually you know, referring to? Yes. And did I also get up and jam some of these songs hard? Yes. So I'm just happy. Uh, That's the way I'll finish off. I'm just really happy that this record came out. And overall, 2014 Artificial Age is a success. So um, with that, are there any other comments before we wrap this thing up? Yes. Okay. I'll give you the rundown for the rankings just to refresh everyone's memory. 13th was Affirmation 1 and 2. 12th was Affirmation 3. No surprises there, being the sort of segues. In the terms of songs, 11th was What It Feels Like. 10th was Breakfast Can Wait. 9th was Artificial Cage. 8th was This Could Be Us. 7th, Funk and Roll. 6th, You Know. 5th, Clouds. 4th, Time. And the last three was, 3rd was Way Back Home. 2nd was Gold Standard. And the first was Breakdown. In terms of the rest of the survey... There was three other questions that we sort of threw out there. One was, of the two albums released, rank in order your favorite of the two. Artificial Age ranks 78.36, so it came first. Plectrum Electrum got 21.64. So people seem to favor the Artificial Age album over Plectrum Electrum. The other question was, and this is kind of bunching the two albums together because the question is, are you satisfied with the quality of Artificial Age and Plectrum Electrum? 43% were very satisfied and 47.76 were satisfied. So like the biggest responses, they're very satisfied or satisfied with these releases. Only 6% were neutral, only 2% were dissatisfied and no one is very dissatisfied. So... I think Prince, with these both albums, has done well for himself. One other thing that's kind of interesting was in which format did you acquire these releases? The most popular vote was Physical CD at 47%, followed by Download was 23%, iTunes was 12%, the next was Vinyl, 7%. 6% actually didn't pay for it, so they bootlegged this al- these albums, and 1% 
uh, favored streaming. So it's kind of interesting how people are acquiring these releases now, but it definitely physical CD seems to be the most popular. And thank you to everyone for uh, participating in the survey. It gave some really good highlights and insights. The comments were really interesting as well, even though there were so many we couldn't filter through all of them and read them all out. But um, thank you for letting us know what you think of it. All right. So in closing, we would like to, number one, thank all of our listeners. Thank you for listening in, tuning your dial, your internet radio subscription <laughs> yeah. especially the- especially the people who hate us but keep listening I love you guys <laughs> to the NME critically acclaimed Peach and Black podcast oh yeah listen to us make your commute amazing that's right you can find the Peach and Black podcast on iTunes on peachandblack.podbean.com uh, YouTube YouTube Facebook and Twitter all Perfect. of those things and for your next hit of Peach and Play goodness, stay tuned because uh... something big is coming. <laughs> well, we've we've done we've done everything now, haven't we? Oh no, there's two more. There's two more albums we haven't done yet. Mm. No, we've Ooh. actually done, but we haven't released. Oh, well, the audience isn't supposed to know that. <laughs> it's in the vault. They're in the can, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you but, very but, much. But once we've a... forgotten the code to get in. <laughs> Thank you uh, sincerely to everyone who listens to the show. This is a labor of love. We've been doing this for close to six years now, and it's just been a joy through and through. We love having our roundtable talks, and we uh, you know, absolutely get off on the fact that you guys enjoy it as well. So we appreciate the comments. We appreciate all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. <laughs> one way or good, another. We, good and bad. Good and yeah, bad. Good and bad. There's no yin without the yang, as they say. So uh, it's all good. And um, <laughs> he just remind me of Sunny T. Well, <laughs> Ain't nothing but a wang. <laughs> <laughs> yes, keep listening. Keep listening yeah, that's for right. free. That's right. A hundred percent free. <laughs> Thank you to Player to Toe Jam and to Captain himself. And this is MC signing off. Yeehaw, Grandma. <laughs> all right, done. <laughs>